they got the gist of where we're going, what we're doing, just trying to see. And it's really not following the scent of the house. It's following the scent of God. It's following the scent that Jesus Christ left. When he left the planet, these are the things that, that he left. And catching the scent of the house include love, unity, the word of God, humility, and Holy Spirit. So we've been through several, of them, and these aren't things that we're going to leave. We're going to continue to talk about them because they're kingdom principles. They're, they're, they're ways that we live. They're ways that we learn to live and learn to live better. But today we're going to spend some time talking about humility, but especially as it surrounds us ladies because it's Mother's Day, right? So I'm titling this message, A Woman of Humility. And I think it takes a while for us to really understand what humility is because we get a lot of kind of cultural um, uh, definitions of what people think humility is. But I don't know about you, I want to hear and learn about what God says humility is. So let's start with what humility is not, okay? Humility is not belittling or demeaning yourself. It's not finding ways to bring yourself down, but it's understanding who God has made you to be and fully walking in that. But attached to that, the greatest humility is boldly walking in who you are through continuing to have this truth as your foundation. Now here it is, this truth as your foundation. I didn't give this, them this scripture, but this is what it says. It's your kingdom, it's your power, and whatever goes on, I'm going to give you all the glory. That's Matthew 6, 13, in case you want to look that up. So there are so many amazing and wonderful things that God's placed in me. And he wants me to share them and use them and multiply them even. But it's his power. It's his kingdom. And I will not take any of the credit for it because it's not mine. I can't do it without him. That's what humility said. Humility is putting God back on the throne. All of us, no exceptions, are prone to putting ourselves on the, on the throne. For thinking about the things that we want to do, the things that we think, uh, that's just, that's the nature of this flesh. And while we're on this planet, that's the thing that we always are contending with. But humility says, and continue, it's a continuous action. Humility continually says, I am putting God on the throne of my life. Anybody would join me this morning in putting God on the throne of our lives? I want to share a few quotes with you. Pastor Terry has shared, um, there's a, a book that, that we read on a regular basis, and I think it's just wonderful for anybody to get a hold of because it grounds you, it centers you. It helps you to do that continual um, reminder of what humility is and what it looks like, not to people, but to God. A wonderful writer, Andrew Murray. So this first quote says this, humility the place of entire dependence on God is from the very of nature thing, of things, the first duty and the highest virtue of the creature, that's us, and the root of every virtue. Humility is not so much a grace or a virtue along with others, it's the root of all. Because it alone takes the right attitude before God and allows 
him as God to do all. It's the good soil. It's the good soil that all of the virtues, the love, the peace, the sharing of love, the giving your life, it's where everything comes from because it says, I know that it's in me, but I know who it's from. I know what's in me, but I know who it's from. You know, Jesus is our, our, he's our, for everything, he's our first example. But in this, he's our primary example because there was no man walking the earth greater than Jesus. And these are some of the things he said. This scripture is John 14, 6. He, Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth. And I'm sorry, I'm reading John 14, 6. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It might look a little different from um, some of the things, you, the translations you're using. Always look at different translations. It helps to bring things to life in, a, in different ways. Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. That's a pretty bold statement. Like, if you were to stand and say, I'm the way. It, it's me. You were, you were looking for somebody. I'm the way. I'm, the, I'm, not, I'm not saying this about me. Don't get it wrong <laughs> at home. Don't get it wrong. He's saying, Jesus saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. He boldly healed and cast out demons with, without any restraint. He, the Bible says that he healed all who came to him. And he was bold about it. He wasn't hiding in corners. He was out in crowds. He taught and he spoke with authority and power that transformed people's lives. He went so far as to rebuke and to criticize the spiritual leaders of the day. They were always after him, never caught him until he decided that it was the right time. They were always after him. But yet, with, with all that boldness that he proclaimed about himself, with all that greatness that was in him, this is what he said. John 5, 19. Looks like we lost our scripture. But I'll write it down now and look at it later. And once again, this is from the Passion Translation. John 5, 19, Jesus said, I speak to you eternal truth. Now listen to this. The son is unable to do anything from himself or through his own initiative. I only do the works that I see my father doing, for the son does the same works as his father. Jesus said, I am unable to do anything without the Father. Now, I'll just be a little transparent with you. How many, for myself, how many of you have just kind of started off your day, started off your week, started off a, a, a thing that you had to do, and you just kind of went? Because, you know, this is what I have to do. I don't think Jesus started anything that way. I don't think he started any task, any day, even those normal things that we do, like our jobs, taking care of our kids without saying, Father, I am completely and totally dependent upon you. There is nothing, the smallest thing or the largest thing, I am dependent upon you. That is humility. So let's bring it back a little to us ladies and pull it in, because that was for everybody, but let's pull it into our mothers, our women, if you will. 
So women are uniquely designed to bring life. They haven't figured out yet how to get a man to have a baby. I know there's probably some scientists working on it, but to date, women are the only ones who can produce life. We get a seed and life is produced. It's clear that God uniquely designed or fashioned us to produce life. By God's original design, seed is planted within a covenant relationship and life is produced. Put up Genesis 2.22. I just want to highlight a little bit about us ladies. I said ladies because we all live in this potential, whether you're a natural mother or not. Genesis 2.22 from the NASB, and I like this because I like this word. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Here's the definition of fashioned. He planned, made, or fashioned artistically, designed intentionally, done or made or performed with purpose and intent. I just kind of get the idea of an artist or even a sculptor taking something and molding it. And he didn't just kind of slap it together and say, there's woman. There was great intent and he fashioned it and he formed it and he said, yeah. He said, that, that's it. That's the one, she's good. Because I've made her with great purpose. So not every woman is a mother of children, but every woman holds the potential to produce life. That is life with your words, life with even your presence, life with your attitude, life with just the way that you live, the words that you pour into other people. You are, you are able to, you are called to produce life in your spouse, your children, in your family, in your extended family. Anyone who you come in contact is the recipient of the life that you are designed to bring. So I learned this truth a little while ago and it really blessed me. I wanna share it with you this morning. Women, we produce life, we are multipliers. Did you ever hear that? That women are multipliers. Whatever we get, we don't give it back to you the way you got it. We multiply it, right? When a woman receives a seed from the man, she doesn't give him the seed back. She, gets a, she gives him a baby. When you give her a house, she makes it a home. If you give her groceries, she makes you a meal. You're not getting it back the same way as it came in. Whatever you give a woman will come back. Whatever you give us will come back multiplied. When God gives us the seed that he pours into us, he wants to multiply it so that we can, we've talked about this before. He wants to multiply and grow fruit in our lives. And here's a pop quiz. Sorry if you weren't here. What's fruit for? Fruit is for others. The life that he wants to bring out of us Yes, it nourishes up us, it flourishes in us, but it produces for others. Let's bring it back again. Humility 
is the only soil in which that grace, that grace to produce life, can take root and grow. How many of us can take, those of us, so I'll just narrow it down just for a moment, those of us who are mothers, how many of you can take credit for what grew in your womb? Uh-uh. We're amazed by what happens. It's an awesome process. Even when I was with my daughter-in-law this weekend, I think she's about 20 weeks now, which is about halfway through, and her belly is growing, and she's waiting for the flutters, and she's just in awe of what's going on in her body. But she can't take any credit for it. It's the life-giving potential, and now coming to fruition in her, and in a few months, there's going to be a baby girl because we are multipliers, but we are only multipliers because of the soil of the grace of God that's in our lives by way of humility. Amen? Amen. So we are redeemed to new life. We carry the seeds of redemption. So when I say redemption in this case, I'm talking just interchangeably with redemption and with new life. We carry those seeds in us. And I said this before, but have you ever examined your words and what you say in certain circumstances, most especially in circumstances where things are not smooth and cool in environment? We have the ability to take our words and to take our attitude and to bring life to a situation. Pastor Terry has used the analogy so many times, when you come to a situation that's on fire, do you bring water or do you bring gasoline? I think I want to bring water to something that is not like God, but if there's a godly something going on, I want to bring the gasoline. In any case, I have the ability to bring that to a situation and it will produce. That seed will produce a baby. That seed will produce a baby. We take things and we incubate them. You ever think about an incubator? You, you look, we see it in the hospitals. We see it maybe with baby chicks putting in an incubator. But what's happening in there? Things are growing. Things are developing. And then something good is going to come out of that. Now, sometimes we exclude ourselves from understanding the greatness and the, the wonderful life-giving potential that God has placed in us. So I want to make sure that there are categories here and I'm sure we found ourselves in these places, that we don't exclude ourselves from the life-giving potential, ladies, that God has put in us. Isaiah 61, can we put that up? Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. Now, these are the words that Jesus spoke when he stood up in the temple, when he began his ministry. But this is the scripture that he was reading from. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it, the day of God's anger against his enemies. I want to point out that Jesus left off that part about the day of God's anger. 
because he was bringing a day of deliverance and a day of freedom and a day of peace and a way of redemption as opposed to the anger, as opposed to the anger. So in that scripture, he mentions prisoners and captives. And I think we find ourselves sometimes in those categories. So, and I, Pastor Terry spoke about this before, but I just wanted to expand on it a little bit. Prisoners and captives are two different sets of people. Prisoners are defined as someone who you did something. There's a crime that you committed, there's something that you violated, and now you have to have the consequences of that. If you think about that in natural terms, you went to prison, you went behind bars. You're captive. I mean, you're a prisoner. A captive is someone who was taken in some way against their will. Like, I had nothing to do with this. There were things that were done to me, that were brought upon me, that kind of locked me up, but I had nothing to do with it. That's a captive. Jesus came to free and to bring to life if you did something, if you didn't do something, you're in the same category. And life has been brought to you. Freedom has been deposited in you and is now ready to pour out of you to others. How many of us know people who, who just suffer in bondage over things? There are people in your life, on your job, and you know that they're going through. Maybe they're the prisoner who did something and they just can't forgive themselves which means they can't then receive God and his love and his wonderful favor. We're there to tell them to receive it ourselves, right? To receive it ourselves and let them know God knows you did something. He loves you and he's ready to place his life in you. The captives, people who have been wounded and scarred by things that have happened to them of no choice of their own. Do you have any people who've been captive in the house? I have. You are free. You are full of the life of God. Ladies, I'm talking to us this morning. There is a fullness of life in us, regardless of whether you're a prisoner or a captive or any other ca category. The potential for life is living so big and full in you, and God just wants you to release it. He wants you to release it, and he wants you to make sure that when it's released, that those it's released to know that it's his kingdom, it's his power, and you give him the glory because the word says when we lift him up, everyone is drawn to him. People will be busting down. When they find out the true nature of God, people will be busting down the doors physical doors and kingdom doors to get in because they realize, they realize the greatness of God and what he's done and what he wants to do. They're only going to find out through you. Ladies, make a choice to give life today. I know that we're all still, there, there are things that, that each of us are dealing with, maybe even struggling with, but the life of God is still in you. If we all waited until everything was all fixed and straight and what we think is perfection in our lives, we'd never help anybody. Because we're all a continuing story of God's grace. We're all a continuing story of learning about his, the deeper levels of his love and his redemption and what he's placed in us. So don't let that stop you. 
Don't let the fact that there are things that God is helping you and growing you in stop you from sharing the life of God with everyone around you. Because remember, it's not you. It's his kingdom. It's his power. When you give him the glory, people are drawn to him. If you're given the seed of the word of God, however that looks, when you give it out, it will produce life. It takes humility to say that Jesus is Lord and I accept the way that you have done things, God. I accept the system. If I believe, if I receive, then I am a part of your kingdom. It's just that simple. I believe who you are. I receive who you are. I'm a part of your kingdom. So a wise woman freely acknowledges the truth. My next heartbeat depends on him. The successful outcome of every one of my endeavors depends on his help. Romans 12, 3. Can we put that up? Romans 12, 3. I'm reading from this from the, the Passion Translation. I'm sorry, that's a little small. I had to fit it on one slide. God has given me grace to speak a warning about, about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion, and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. I love this because it helps us to move away from those places of saying that we're not something or we don't have something. There's so much that we do have when we acknowledge, uh, we do have it, period, but it's able to flow through our lives when we acknowledge the source of what we have. Not self-promotion, but God-promotion. Say that with me. Not self-promotion, but God-promotion. He said, when I lift, if you lift me up, people will be drawn, for, drawn to me. So we carry God's seed and we birth the destiny that he's called us to. There are people around you now, and most especially in the generations behind you, just see the kids singing. And a lot of it, some of it they get, and I guess just like us, some of it they don't get. But things are being poured into them. I love the leaders of the children because they're pouring things into the generation that's behind us, things that will stay resident in their hearts and in their lives. So there are people around you now and the generations behind you depending on you, depending on you to speak words of life, to grow the fruit that will nurture and produce more seed and fruit for those to come. What's fruit for? I love it. I love it. So I don't want to leave you guys out of the picture today. Men in the house, we're, you're not called to sit by passively and kind of let us do our thing. In Genesis, God talked about partnership with men and women. And yes, Adam and Eve were husband and wife, and they were married, but it goes so far, far beyond that. There's a partnership of men and women that creates, <coughs> excuse me, that creates a, uh, a synergy, if you will. So today, as a man, if you are praying for, pouring into, encouraging, giving the women in your life places of safety, and, and love, 
that will help them to flourish. So I'm not talking about a, a husband necessarily, a brother, a son, a, any man in the life of a woman who is um, learning to grow and move in the, the power in her life through God to give life. You partnering with her makes the life produce. We can't do this alone. You can't do it alone, men and ladies. We can't do it. We're not designed to do that. So things may work, but they don't work according to the fullness that God wants them to work. So how many of you guys are willing to partner with the women in your life to love them, to encourage them, to pray for them so they can be all that God's called them to be? Let me see some hands, men. Come on. Even if you don't mean it, raise your hand. And you'll mean it later. It's a wonderful design. <laughs> it's a wonderful partnership. And I, real, I thank God for continuing to teach us to come into more and more fullness of what he's called us to do because he wants his kingdom here on earth. He doesn't just want to take us with him. He wants us. He's got us. He loves us. He's just showing me day after day the intensity and the extent of the love and the care that he has for me. And that's without question, and that's without in me doing anything else ever again. But how sad would it be if I have all this life in me and we're still here on this planet and I don't follow his instruction to bring his kingdom here on earth and to play my part. I want to play my part in bringing his kingdom here on earth. Ladies, you get a seed and you get to produce life, but it's his kingdom. It's his power. Let's give him all the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen.